Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Today's program is brought to you by the Dairy Farm Families of Wisconsin the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Did you know that today Wisconsin produces more than 600 varieties, types, and styles of American, international style, and original cheese that win more awards than any other state or country? To learn more, visit eatwisconsincheese.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. And welcome to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jolie Kerr, a cleaning expert, advice columnist, and author of the New York Times bestselling book, My Boyfriend Barfed in My Handbag, and Other Things You Can't Ask Martha. My weekly cleaning advice column, Ask a Clean Person, appears on Esquire.com. You should feel free to send your questions to JolieCare at gmail.com. Today's guest, Desiree Stoller, has done the impossible. She figured out a way to unshrink sweaters. I'm so thrilled to have her here in the studio all the way from my hometown of Boston to talk about the product she developed, Unshrink It, the perfect name. It says exactly what it does. And to gab with me about some more general sweater care tips. Hi, Des. Hi. Uh, Des is a brand development strategist who led research and branding work for Fortune 100 companies in retail, media, and tech prior to attending Harvard Business School, from which she graduated in May. Congratulations on that achievement. Uh, She hails from Virginia and also has lived in Santa Monica and Tampa. And her story begins with the transition from those mild climates to the absolutely not at all mild weather conditions in Cambridge. Of which I know something, as I spent a long, long time in Boston and Cambridge. Um, So to begin with, I want Des to tell us the story of why you became so obsessed with figuring out how to unshrink a sweater, other than the fact that it's just one of life's great mysteries. Exactly. As you mentioned, I'm a warm weather woman. And so coming from Tampa, Santa Monica, Virginia... I arrived to Boston and everyone said, you're going to need a lot of sweaters. Yes. And I said, okay, I'll take a few. And of course, it was the polar vortex year. And so I'm wearing my tan cashmere sweater my sister had just given me. And I wash it just once. And it goes from a medium to an extra, extra small. Oh, no. Doll clothes. (laughs) (laughs) And at first I'm thinking, well, this is embarrassing and dumb and I know better than this. And so I think to myself, I'm sure I can fix it. It's 2014. So I jump onto Google and do what every person does. How to unshrink your sweater. No answer. Not only no answer, but there was nothing on the right side in terms of a commercial product to fix it, which really surprised me. 
I did see a bunch of blog posts from a lot of different people saying, well, here's a home remedy for you. Mm-hmm. I read dozens. And the one continuous theme was warm water and conditioner. Soak it for half an hour, take it out, reshape it, lay it flat to dry. You're good to go. Okay. So like hair conditioner? Yes. <laughs> and, and some people okay. had specialty ones, coconut oil. You, you'd be surprised. Okay. But I, I, I took the basic conditioner that I had in my bathroom. Okay. I did it. And it worked. And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this is a miracle. This that is, is me. I've never even heard that one. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I, I soaked it for half an hour using conditioner and it, it actually stretched back out. So the very next day after it dried, I wore it to class. And over the course of three hours, that sweater went right back to its extra, extra small shape. Oh, no. <laughs> so by the end of the day at Harvard Business School, I was wearing a crop top. Oh, no. And while they are very casual about what you can wear, attire that is showing your midriff is not allowed. Not allowed. So I said to myself, I have to do something because I just had to borrow a jacket and my professor was giving me evil looks. And I got back to my, my room and I said, well, let me go back to these blogs. It's obvious I wasn't alone. There were thousands of web pages devoted to this. There were all of these comments. I went to YouTube. There were millions of views. So I went to my classmates and I said, they're going to give us $5,000 to start a micro business. Why don't we unshrink wool sweaters? And they said, excuse me? You don't want to build an, an app or a cool mustard? That <laughs> and I said, That's like also like the most Harvard thing I've ever heard. An app or a cool mustard. Yes, yeah, a specialty art- artisan mustard. And I said, no, I actually want to do something practical that I could, I could send home to my parents and a bottle that they might actually use. And so because I had a couple of engineers and a physicist on board, they, they took it as a personal challenge. That's amazing. <laughs> I love this. You know, listening to you talk about the doing all the research and sort of going into the comments and the YouTube videos and all that reminds me of, year, this is years ago, I think this is actually maybe in the first, first year that I was doing Ask a Clean Person. Um, someone had asked me about removing silicone lube stains from, <laughs> from sheets. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you we were going to get like, yeah, break you know, real here. Um, so I, and you know, it was a, this, a similar sort of thing. So actually maybe this could be your next product that you develop, um, that there was no solution to it, except that I found myself like further and further and further into a rabbit hole on, I ended up on some, some very adult forums, as you might imagine. <laughs> Not so that I, I mean, I am not easily shocked, but even I was kind of like, even for me, this is a bit much, and I would not recommend that people go and look at these places. But I was happy to go there in the name of research. Um, but it was, it was such an interesting thing where you sort of you're like, well, there somewhere somehow there ha- other people have this problem. There has to be a solution. I'm going to chase it until I find it. Now I didn't go so far as to develop my own product, <laughs> but I also wasn't at Harvard Business School. I didn't have $5,000 and I didn't have a team of chemists and physicists and so on and so forth. So, you know, and that was the surprising thing. Not a single chemist. We had engineers, we had physicists, but no chemists. No chemists. Okay. And so what we did. She probably should have just gone down the street to MIT and been like, hey, are there any curious (laughs) chemists out there who want to come hang with us? And. At the time, the requirement was you have to work with the people you have. Okay. And so <laughs> what, we, what we did was we reached out to Bloomberg Library and said, hi, we would like to untrain cool sweaters. Are there any books in the library that might help us? And they said, no, no. <laughs> but uh, we could reach out to Cornell and have them send you some books. Okay. And so they sent us 1950s. I'm talking very heavy 
wool science textbooks. Fascinating. Which we opened. Yeah. Oh, I bet <laughs> you did. I mean, I, please, I'm about to go chuck my tush up to Ithaca and check out the Cornell <laughs> Library on wool myself. <laughs> and what we discovered was that there was a chemical process that happens when you expose your sweater to warm water or to the heat of the dryer. So we thought to ourselves, as we started to understand more and more about the reaction, why don't we start to look for active ingredients that are on the market that might help reverse this? And I'm not joking. We went a little mad scientist and ordered about a dozen and started testing them in our dorm rooms. Okay. Uh, which <laughs> at times was uh, suffocating. I'm picturing you guys like <laughs> blowing up Harvard. <laughs> Uh, blowing up, no, but there were times where we had to open all of the windows and tell everyone on the floor to leave. I bet. I bet. Because now I'm also thinking about all the chemical reactions that I'm constantly telling people <laughs> to not, like, don't ever mix bleach and ammonia, people. This is why. This is why. <laughs> eventually, and eventually was actually six weeks later. We came That's fast. Up, it, it was fast. We were testing pretty much every day, okay. multiple strips of wool. Because you were obsessed. And, it, and the funny thing is, we started out with entire wool sweaters and realized that's too expensive. So we started cutting them up. Right, yeah. <laughs> you just need, like, test test swatches. Let's be practical. Uh, we came up with an active ingredient that not only was very safe. I, I said the one requirement is I don't want to use gloves. I want it to be something that mm-hmm. someone could, could touch with their hands. Yep. Caused no degradation of the fabric or the color, mm-hmm. and it was cost effective, uh, which we were concerned we could, would come up with some awesome idea and it would cost $20 for someone to actually buy it, right? which is no good in laundry. So we bottled it up and started giving it out to family members and friends, and the feedback was strong. And we said, well, this is great. We'll start selling it to our family members and friends, and HBS will be happy because we, we actually showed that there was some sort of traction, Yeah, and we ended up doing well, but didn't think that much of it at all. Okay. September comes and a third party launch platform, the Gromit, out of Somerville, Massachusetts, yep. uh, reaches out to us and they said, Hey, we heard about this when we saw you guys pitching back in May. Do you, do you mind if we feature it for one day? We'll do a little video on you. We'll just see how it's received. We'll, we'll, put, a, we'll put aside 200 units. Let's just see how that does. It'll probably take a week or two to sell, but that's great. Okay. First day, September 17th, 2014. I'll never forget this date. We came out of class and we had already sold out. In an hour. Oh my gosh! In an hour. That's so amazing. We raced back to our dorms. We were bottling out of our bathtub. And oh our kitchen. my god! <laughs> I love our, this. Our so much better than bathtub gin. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, and the business sort of took off from there. Oh, it's fabulous! What a fantastic story. <laughs> I just, I, I love this so much. Um, I, I'll say, I, I learned about Des, and we, we got in contact with one another in the fall. Um, because I read a story about her in Boston Magazine. Because of course, you know I'm, a, uh, you know I'm a New York transplant. I've lived here for a long, 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 <laughs> long time. Um, I moved here 21 years ago. Woo! Survivor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I did have a brief stint where I was back in Boston in my uh, mid mid 20s to early 30s, and I was like, nope, I'm gonna nope on out of here and go back to New York. <laughs> so, um, but you know I'm a Boston girl, so I still read Boston Magazine, and I saw this. You know, I saw it on Twitter and I was like, "What? wait, sweater care, you know, because fabric care is a big thing. A big part of what I do is fabric care. It's not just cleaning. Absolutely. Um, it's caring for your things and so on and so forth. And laundry is obviously like one of my favorite things in the world. And um, so I click through from Twitter. I read this piece and then the next and I immediately go on to the Untrinket website, send them an email through their little form. And I was like, <laughs> I'm a you know cleaning expert and I've got to talk to you. I need to know more about you. 
please come on the podcast. And actually, we were scheduled to have you on in the fall, and then and then we had a little um, scheduling problems where Des got so busy because she's been so successful that we had to you know, wait. Super Bowl, yeah. Super Bowl. <laughs> so we, yeah, we had to we had to wait until until or in the early part of the year. Um, but the best part of all of this was that the day after I got in touch with Des, my mom emailed me with the story and an email, like I could hear, I could hear like the finger like jabbing on the table, which is like her way of telling me like, you got to do something. (laughs) It's Italian for do this right now. Mom says so. Um, So the email was like, Joel's, you, you must get in touch with these people and have them on your podcast. And I got to write back and say, I already was in touch with them. I talked to them yesterday. You're so behind the eight ball on this mom. Where have you been? Thanks. Mom. And it was like, the, it was so satisfying. And I was like, they're already scheduled to come on the podcast. <laughs> so anyway, they, they were scheduled to come on the podcast in the fall. And then, uh, like everything happened for you guys. The Gromit thing happened and then it just the Boston Magazine thing happened. I have to imagine you got a lot of attention we did. from that, which was a great piece and so interesting. Um, and I'll say one of the things that, that that made me particularly excited about having you on, and this is very definitely like personal bias thing, sure. was I was like, here we, thank, we got a woman, not only a woman, we got a woman of color who is the CEO of this, who like just Woo-hoo. kicked the asses of everyone else in her Harvard Business School class. Like, <laughs> all right, Des. Thank you. It makes me happy. And then I went to women's college, so I'm big on that kind of stuff. So it was it was like all around you were the you were the perfect story, you were the perfect person for me to have here. So the only thing I'm a little bit sniffy about is oh. that I didn't ha- didn't get to have you on before you went on Shark Tank because Des, uh, you guys, Des was on Shark Tank. <laughs> Des was on Shark Tank. Oh, it was so huge. So I was like a little like, I was like a little miffed because I wanted to be able to say like, oh, I had her on the podcast before that. I knew, I knew her when. Before we were so, big. Yeah. Yes. Um, so we're definitely, we're definitely going to have to talk uh, a lot about, about Shark Tank. Um, Let's do it. Actually, you know what? Let me have you tell the story about Shark Tank now. Well, then we'll take a break and I'm going to have you, and the, when we come back from the break, I'm going to have you talk about how, how this stuff is actually used Absolutely. Um, and take people through the instructions. We'll talk about where people can buy it. Perfect. Um, and then if we have time, which I, we may, we may not, uh, we'll talk about some sort of general sweater care tips so you can avoid, hopefully avoid shrinking your sweaters. Although if you do, we're there's here. a solution. <laughs> so it's great. So, so tell me about the Shark Tank experience. Tell me how, how it came about, what happened. I mean, I kind of know what happened, but everyone else doesn't know what happened. So you tell us what happened. Now, everyone will say to you, Shark Tank is pretty much the Super Bowl of being a consumer good. You have 10 minutes of six to eight million people watching your products, and it's the ultimate opportunity. And so when we first started making Untrinket, and I, this is back when we were still making our bathtub, we actually ran into the casting agents for Shark Tank, and we told them excitingly about what we were doing, and they said, that sounds awesome have you sold any? And we said, yeah, to our family members and friends. And they said, come back to us later when you actually have sold it to random people who don't know you. People who don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) So flash forward about a year and it's spring break and I have spoken to many people about it and they said, it still seems too early. You should go, you know, Shark Tank is so big now. You have to be selling hundreds of thousands of dollars before you can go in there. And I said, but there's still the American dream for entrepreneurs. The whole point is to sort of discover someone right before they go big. So I decided to apply anyway. 
And lo and behold, two weeks later, we get a call from the casting team, and they said, we want you. This Ugh. year, this year, season seven. They get it. They, they totally get they, it. They, they, they understood. <laughs> and so for three months straight, we were prepping. We were getting ready for everything. And we flew out there in the summer. And I will tell you, it was nerve-wracking because we were the second team to go in front of them. The first day of filming, Oof. everything was, was brand new. The set was new. The sharks hadn't seen each other in almost nine months. And you don't know, are there sharks in a good mood this year? Are there certain products that they want to avoid because they haven't worked well in the past? And my co-founder, uh, Nate, and myself, we, we said, you know what? We have prepared as much as we can. This is a really strong product. We're going to represent ourselves well. We're not going to pretend to be anyone we're not. We're just going to go out there and be ourselves. And we were there on that set for two hours. And when we finally got off, we I, I walked up to the producers and I said, that was that was a crazy experience. It seemed like it went so fast. I mean, I, I, I'm amazed they gave us that money after just 20 minutes. And they said, 20 minutes? You were in front of those five people for two hours. Oh, my gosh. That was really- <laughs> and, and, and we just looked at each other and we said, my gosh, okay. Uh, and and my, then my next thought was, oh, great, good grief. They're going to cut that down to 10 minutes. So Lord knows what they're actually going to show. Right. Um, <laughs> But uh, it was a fantastic experience. One, because we had three sharks that bought into the idea. Okay. So Dam- Who are the three? Damon, uh, Mr. Fubu, uh, Mr. Wonderful, Kevin O'Leary from Boston. Okay. Uh, and then Mark Cuban uh, of Mark Cuban fame. Of Mark Cuban fame. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark gave us the best deal. Okay. And so we, we shook hands with him on the set. And Excellent. Neg- I have to say, <laughs> so I'm, I'm not just saying this as you're... I have always had like... A very tender spot in my heart for Mark Cuban. I and I don't know why. I can't. I I can't point to any specific thing. Um, but even even during the times when he's been sort of like vilified in the press, <laughs> I always have been like, oh no. But I like that Mark Cuban. Like I really like. There's something about him that I just like really love. Um, so I was particularly excited when I found out that he he was the one you guys were going to be working with, and I was just. I mean, it was exciting for me because I I felt like I knew you. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I completely agree with the Mark Cuban thing. We said to ourselves, one, he has this boyish charm that everyone likes. It never feels as though he's, even though he's a very mature older person, it still feels as though he's in touch with his 15-year-old self. Yes. Maybe that. And, maybe that's what it is that, that appeals to me so much about him. And then he loves he loves entrepreneurs and the, the hunger and the, the pursuit of it. And mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes when you have someone who has reached the status of a billionaire, they can be somewhat jaded to the whole process, but he gets really excited hearing that we stalk people on Twitter when they, they shrink their clothes or that, you know, he likes to hear about the hustle. Yeah. And I appreciate someone yeah. like that. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, congratulations on that because that's a, that's a huge, huge deal. Um, so this is a good time for us to take a quick break. Des and I will be right back to talk about uh, how Unshrink It is used. So if you are listening at home and you're like, oh my God. I have a shrunk sweater sitting in my Goodwill pile <laughs> that maybe I can save and not give to Goodwill. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you how to use it. Um, and then we will talk about some general sweater care tips. So hopefully you will not have shrunk sweaters in the future. Uh, I'm Jolie Care, and this is Ask a Clean Person, the podcast.
Hello, and welcome back to Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. I'm Jolie Kerr. My guest today is Des Stoller, the CEO of Unshrink It. We've been talking about sweaters and unshrinking them. Yes. Uh, so now we should get into the actual nitty gritty of how this stuff is used. So let me let me describe for listeners what, what Unshrink It is looks like it comes in a bottle it's what about an eight ounce eight, eight ounce bottle how good am i getting it looking at oh. bottles and knowing what the ounces are that's impressive this is this is because i spend all my time looking at cleaning products and i do a lot of price comparison and to do price comparison you you always want to do it by the ounce so exactly. that's why i can like eyeball bottles smart now. shopper here yeah um so the the it's a eight ounce bottle. It's a clear liquid. Mm-hmm. It basically looks like water. water. Uh, it's not obviously um, because I'm soap in there. There's some yeah. There's some, there's, <laughs> there's some stuff. <laughs> there's some stuff. That's the scientific term, you guys. Stuff. Um, okay, so you're gonna get the you have your un you have your shrunk up sweater. You have your bottle of unshrink it. Now what? All you need are three things. Okay, the bottle of unshrink it. Okay, the sweater or sweaters that you shrunk. Okay. <laughs> And then finally, some warm water. A gallon. Okay. So you take that bottle. No, you need a fourth thing. You need something to put the water in. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Hopefully it's not just miraculously, you know, floating in air. Yeah. It could be a sink. It could be a basin. Sink, tub, bucket. Yeah. Anything that's convenient to you. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. No problem. In case someone was worried. Here's the thing. The the reason I say this is because I, I talk about hand washing a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And we're, we'll talk a little bit about that with sweater care. Um, and, and I mean, really, the people ask, I mean, it's not just one person asking. People ask this all the time. Where am I doing this? True. So the where part of it really is a thing that it doesn't come that. I mean, you and I work with textiles. Yes. That's our job. So it doesn't even occur to us. Like, of course, you'd use the sink or a, or a bucket. Like, <laughs> but other people don't. Their minds don't work like ours. So we, have to, we always have to explain that. Good clarification. Yeah. <laughs> So you're going to mix Unshrink It with the warm water. Okay. Mix How much warm water? A gallon. A gallon. A gallon. Sorry, you and we that, did that yes. just so it was, it was something simple that you might have already in your home. Yeah. Uh, you then put the sweater or sweaters into the mixture okay. and soak it completely for 30 minutes. Okay. So you want to make it fully submerged so that it actually penetrates all of the wool fibers. Okay. After half an hour, you take it out and you rinse it in cold running water. Okay. And then... You squeeze as gently as possible. Right. Don't ring. Don't ring your sweaters. Bad fabric care. (laughs) Don't ring. Bad for the fibers. The goal is simply to to remove as much of the excess liquid as possible. And then you re-block it on a, let's say you take out a towel. Okay. And please, people, if you have a bright red sweater that you have never washed before, and yet for some reason you have have someone put it in the dryer, be careful and make sure that the towel matches with the the color garment. But I will tell you that on Trinket does not cause any sort of color bleeding. But I always tell people, be extra careful there. Yeah, because any time a dye gets wet, it doesn't matter what it's wet with. If if it's going to be prone to run, it's going to run no matter what. So um, can you explain what blocking means? Because I bet that's a term that most people don't know. Yes. So back in the story when I was talking about my medium sweater, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
I had a general sense as to what that size should be for a medium sweater. And so what you're doing with blocking is actually gently reshaping the garment to the size in which you want it to be in its enlarged state. And so you're basically taking it and, to a certain extent, replacing it, reshaping it, or reblocking it back to its original size. Excellent. So you do that on the, on the laying it flat on a towel, and then you let it sit there and dry. Don't mess with it. Don't hang it, because particularly when a sweater is wet, the last thing you want to do is hang it. Let it sit there and dry. And depending on the thickness, it might take your sweater a couple of days to dry. If it's very thin, uh, something you purchase, maybe um, like a lightweight wool cotton blend from J. Crew, it might take just, you know, six to 12 hours to dry. Right, exactly. Also depends on weather conditions. Exactly. Um, if it's warm out and dry out when you're doing this, the sweater's going to dry really, really fast. If it's cold and wet, exactly. then the sweater's going to take longer to dry. Um, a few things that can speed drying along, um, you can set a fan up near the sweater. That's going to help. Just air circulation is going to help. Placing a dehumidifier is also mm. going to help for what are obvious reasons. The minute someone <laughs> says that, it's like, oh, duh. Yes. Uh, I wouldn't have naturally thought of it on my own. I learned that when I was researching my favorite topic in the whole world, you guys, when I was researching how to clean stanky hockey gear, <laughs> it really is my favorite topic there. There's like a whole lament that I have Ooh. about it. I love, I love talking about hockey gear, um, which actually, you know, and the part of the reason that like that subject really hits home to me is that I grew up in Boston. I grew up and I went to schools where hockey was a big deal. Everyone played hockey and stank. Um, I did not play hockey and I didn't stink. Um, so the dehumidifier is another another good one um, in terms of speeding things along. So those are just some some drying tips. You, you did mention an important sweater care tip, uh, not hanging sweaters to dry when they're wet. The reason you don't want to do this, this one is really obvious, but the reason that you don't want to do that is twofold. The first is that the hanger will cause uh, marks on your sweater. It will, it will dry in an odd way and become stretched out. The second reason is it will, the weight of the wet fibers is so heavy that it will pull the hem down and the sweater will become quite stretched out. Um, now, if you have a sweater that's a crop top and isn't meant to be, that might be a good thing. But really, you don't want to do that. Even in the case of, of a shrunk sweater, you don't want to do that because it's going to warp the fibers in a exactly. weird way. Laying it flat and pulling it and letting it sit with the, the fibers elongated uh, is going to result in a stretch, stretched sweater that isn't isn't warped and misshapen exactly yeah so uh see we're getting our i'm i'm weaving oh see that was a good sweater oh, that joke was perfect that was a good sweater joke i'm weaving my my sweater care tips into into the larger interview here with des um okay so after it's dried then you're done you are you are finished okay it, are there are there materials on which unshrink it does not work does it work Great on question cotton sweaters i feel like cotton sweaters are a very very common one for people to shrink because they like think of them like a long sleeve t-shirt and accidentally throw it in the dryer and, and then they're sad and it's, <laughs> and it's tiny so on shrink it works on wool cashmere and wool blends okay. let me break down wool blends so that's anything where we have five percent or more of wool in the garment so okay. if you have 95 percent cotton and five percent wool we can do some help there because some of the shrinkage came from that wool 
And the funny thing is that a lot of retailers have actually started to put anywhere from 5 to 20% wool in their garments to upsell it as a premium garment. Uh-oh. And they'll even call it our cashmere collection. And I'll, and I'll flip that, ta- that tag open and I'll and see 10%, like 10% cashmere. 10%, you know, Angora. And I'm thinking, okay, whatever. But, Love it. But Love what it. people see, don't realize. See, this is because you are, you are a brand and marketing person before you went to business school. <laughs> it takes one to know one because I was a marketing person before I became a professional clean person i was always a clean person Good. uh but yeah i'm b- totally born this way me and lady gaga um <laughs> but before i well actually i mean when i started writing as a clean person i was still i was still toiling away at the law firm doing doing marketing and <laughs> branding work for a law firm which was about as exciting as you it sounds yeah didn't, wasn't crying when I left that one behind. Oh. Uh, but anyway, but it yes. does, being a marketing person, no matter what you're marketing for, like changes your brain and it changes the way that you look at everything in the world. Like I see marketing everywhere, everywhere I turn. I know all the little tricks. And frankly, I don't mind them because you know what? I respect them usually. Yeah. You know what? They're doing their job. That is their job to do. It's my job as a consumer. To know better. To know better. <laughs> or yes. to read, to read, yeah. read the tag. Read. So, Works on wool blends. Okay. I will I will call out the one situation that's very important for people to understand where it doesn't work. Okay. So what we're doing is helping with the chemical reaction when the fibers have actually started to shrink from either exposure to heat or hot water. Now, if you do the unthinkable and leave your wool sweater in the dryer for a full cycle on high, or you accidentally put a white sweater in with the rest of your whites and you put on hot water, Sometimes what you will see is a physical reaction where the actual fibers have locked together, and that's called felting. Oh, I know all about felting. So for those who aren't really big wool knitting crocheting nerds, what I'm going to say to you is is this. If you have, say, a large sweater and it shrinks to a medium or small, which I say to people anywhere from an inch to four inches on the sleeves, the waist, maybe around the shoulders, we can do a lot of help. Okay. If you have a sweater that goes from an adult large to a toddler size, <laughs> or if you try to stretch it and there is literally no give, you have felted your sweater. Okay. And at that point, you should give it to a friend who knows how to do creative things with it. Or perhaps you have a, a really cute dog that yeah. is cold this winter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sweater's a goner. Sorry. We, we do amazing things, but we don't do miracles. Yet. Right. I mean, <laughs> without shrinking the sweater, is pretty miraculous. Oh, thank you. I'm not going to lie. You. Not gonna lie, I was actually I won't I won't say what it was, um, but I was a, a fabric care demonstration a couple months ago, and a woman, the expert, I mean she was an expert, no joke, like she really absolutely one hundred percent knew her stuff. She said something during the presentation along the lines of, "If once you've shrunk a sweater, there's nothing you could do about it," and I I literally had my mouth open to be like, ah! and I was like, "Nope, don't say it, <laughs> don't say it." Don't tip them off. I, I have, I but it was amazing that yes. you know that I I I say that to illustrate how really miraculous this is that even fabric care experts oh, yes. are still really of the mindset that if you shrink a sweater, it's done, it's gone for for years and years. That that was the situation. Yeah, yeah. and I mean that's the thing I've said for I mean for ages. I was like, listen, the one thing I can't solve for you, I can't shrink your sweater. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I can't, can't do it. Now I can. <laughs> No, I can. I'm very excited. Um, okay, so with that, I want to hear about. So you guys are basically you. You are in the like. You're in the sweet spot right now, right? Everything is about to happen for you. 
Exactly. Okay. So what comes next for you guys? What's what's what are the next six months, year, five years look like for you for Unshrink It? Do you have other um problems you want to solve exactly. can i can i send you a list to solve <laughs> you have my address yes yes so let's let's start from the top one we, we're constantly listening to people who use our product and when we made it we thought my goal was that this would be in in households and it would be a family type product so mom or dad makes a mistake they can put a couple pile of things if they want to unshrink and use it so it unshrinks up to four garments at one time okay but what we've heard from people is that they really want a smaller size for just the one sweater that they made a mistake on so that's what in there's a concentration change there there's a whole bunch of chemistry behind making sure it still works okay so we're doing that we're also looking at denim because one of the things that we've heard from people is that and then I've told people, cotton, plant-based, wool, animal-based, uh, very different chemistry. But if I know for a lot of people, when they shrink their jeans, it causes the same amount of distress as shrinking a wool sweater. Right. There's, there's a great deal of personal affection towards our, our jeans. Oh, yeah. When you're lying down with the with the wrench trying to zipper your <laughs> jeans up. When I see people getting into tubs with their jeans and trying to stretch them out, I, I just want to cry. So it's one of the things that we're working on next because we think the market is would be very receptive to that. I think it's fabulous. And it's, and it's a really good extension of what we're doing. And then finally, yes, just you know, plain cotton, which is, is quite a behemoth. And I always tell people there's a sweet spot there because if you go to any basic shop and, and buy a $10 sweater, my guess is you just get, get a new one. Yeah. But there are some nicer cotton, some premium cotton, Pima cotton that's coming out that people actually really care about. Yeah. And we're going to try to save that as well. Great. Exactly. Excellent. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about that. Um, so we have about... 10 minutes left. I think we should take the time to talk about some general sweater care tips so you can hopefully avoid shrinking the sweaters in the first place, which (laughs) when we were preparing for the show, I said to Des, I was like, you probably don't want me to tell people that. And she's like, no, 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 I do. I want people to think about fabric care in general because we're part of a larger fabric care conversation. And the more people are talking about it, the more our product is going to get out there. So I I have permission to not feel bad about this, (laughs) about telling you what to do to avoid using Des's wonderful product. Um, So the first thing, I mean, I think probably people know this. I think almost always. Yes. When people shrink sweaters, it's not because they don't know how not to. It's because they do something without thinking about it, right? We're so distracted. They, yeah, you're distracted yes. and you throw the sweater in with your laundry when you, you put it in the hamper a week ago, meaning to hand wash it, forgot it was in there and it, and it goes with a load of other clothes. Exactly. Um, you know, your example of the white sweater that goes in with the other the other whites and you're not even thinking it. So it's so automatic for you to do whites on hot that you just don't even think about it. So most, most of the time, Shrinking a sweater, I would say probably 75% of the time is just, mistake. it's just an accident. It's not a uh, lack of knowledge. It's just a, a straight out mistake and that's fine. Um, but we should talk about what the knowledge is. So the first thing, never hot water, never, <laughs> ever, ever hot water. Big X. Big X. If you have a washing machine. So I actually, I want to focus a little bit more today on, on machine washing. Please do. Um, cause I've talked a lot about hand washing in the past. Hand washing is always going to be better for the sweater for a whole number of reasons. The main reason is that sweaters don't love to be overhandled. Um, so a few things you can do to not overhandle is wear something underneath your sweater to protect it from, from your body oil, 
dead skin uh, residue from like deodorant is a big one. If you wear like a little t-shirt, little thin t-shirt, that's going to help you extend the time between washings, which is ideal. You want to wash your sweaters as infrequently as possible without going to the extreme of never washing your sweaters, which I know a lot of you do. (laughs) I know you. I know what you're up to out there. So you need to wash your sweaters from time to time. But if you can extend the time in between washings, that's great. Another good way to extend time in between washing is if you do spill something on your sweater, spot treat it. You can treat the stain without washing the entire sweater, and that's going to go a long way. So there are two good tips. But when it does become time to wash the sweater, hand washing is ideal because it's going to offer less exposure to water and less exposure to agitation, which are both good things. With that said... I understand that a lot of people are just not going to do that. And that's totally fine. That's totally fine. If you want a much, much longer explanation of all of this stuff, I wrote a column for Esquire that ran two weeks ago. You can find it on Esquire.com slash style. um, All about washing sweaters specifically in the machine. So everything you could want to know. I think it was like a 2000 word column. It was long form. Um, everything you could possibly <laughs> want to know is in that column, but I'm going to go through the highlights oh, yeah. of that. So you're going to machine wash. First things first, always cold water. Washing machines are configured in a thousand different ways. So here is the thing you need to know. If you have a washing machine that does not allow for the separation of water temperature and cycle type and length, always opt for whatever the cold water option is regardless of any of that other stuff. Cold water matters more than anything else. If you have the kind of machine that does allow you to separate water temperature from cycle type and cycle length, choose cold water. And then for your cycle type, what you want is delicate. That cycle might also be labeled as hand wash. It might also be labeled as slow, slow. What that means, now slow, slow is is the most literal of those terms <laughs> but it's not as it's not as intuitive for humans the tortoise cycle <laughs> right so what it what slow slow means and what the delicate cycle offers in the hand wash cycle is it means that both the wash cycle and the rinse and spin cycle the spin cycle is where the water gets the, the clothes get whipped around real fast so that the water is extruded from them and sucked out through the machine. It means that those cycles are all the slowest they can go while the machine is still working. It's the slowest possible setting. And you want that because the slower the cycles go, the less agitation the sweaters are going to be exposed Perfect. to. So you want that. The last factor in terms of options on your machine is that some machines also build in a separate indicator for cycle length. Sometimes that's expressed in minutes. It's usually four to 15 minutes. Pick the four minutes. Sometimes that's expressed as light, medium, heavy, and extra heavy. What you want in that, which is a terrible, because <laughs> like that, that's weight, which has nothing to do with, with length, time length. Terrible. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to go take some washing machine manufacturers to task over this. Uh, But in the meantime, it's what we have. It's what we're stuck with. Yeah, I'm coming for you. Um, And so what you want in that case is light. Okay, so what you're looking for, let's let's reiterate the easy one. So you want cold water, Mm -hmm. delicate, or hand wash, or slow, slow cycle. And then for the length, you either want the four-minute 
or whatever the lowest minute is that they offer. Usually it will be four minute or you want light. Okay, so those are your washing machine settings. The other thing you really, really should do uh, is that you should put the sweater into a mesh wash bag. Those are those zippy top things. That is going to give the sweater an extra layer of protection from agitation, which is going to help to combat fraying, pilling. Mm. Pilling is very ugly. I'm going to talk about what to do with pilling in a second. Uh, That is a good thing to do. One last thing in terms of protecting the sweater in the in the in the wash in addition to using the baggie don't wash the sweater alongside very heavy items like denim sweatshirts towels put it in with other delicates like cottons you know your your jammies would be great not your flannel jammies your sexy jammies (laughs) put your sexy jammies in uh underwear all the little socks underwear all those little things so so basically you don't you don't want to put your big heavy clothes in there because the big heavy clothes are just going to like bully the sweater around in the washing machine playground and we don't want that so no bullying of the sweaters um in terms of detergent choice so listen there are a million specialty detergents out there and they're good and if you're a person who like me loves laundry detergent you may (laughs) want to purchase one or five of these i have probably a half a dozen specialty detergents under my kitchen sink right now because I love them, but you don't need them. You don't need them. You can use your regular old good laundry detergent. And here's the thing about good laundry detergent. And I think we talked about this last season when I had the sweet home people on to talk about their, their testing of laundry detergents and, and which ones were the best. I'll remind you of which one was the best in a second. Mm. Uh, the price difference in between a good detergent and a less good detergent is literally pennies per load. And your clothes are worth it. So go ahead and buy the good one. The Sweet Home recommends the Tide with Bleach Alternative. I believe that's the one they like. They like the Tide brand. So the the idea is um, that, generally speaking, Tide is a very good laundry detergent. It it tends to top rankings, good housekeeping, consumer reports, the Sweet Home, so on and so forth. There are plenty of other good ones, too. If you have a favorite brand, by all means, stick with it. Uh, I just mentioned that because I know the Sweet Home really loves Tide. And I, I actually have sw- switched to Tide on their recommendation, huh. if you can believe it. Um, so use use a good detergent. Use it sparingly. So the the fibers don't love to be over detergent. They over detergented, I should say. Uh, <laughs> they don't love that. So use use a, a small amount. And by small amount, I really mean like a teaspoon to a tablespoon per load, depending on the load size. So do not use a lot. This is also true with hand washing. Don't do mm-hmm. overdo it with the detergent. Uh, last tip, most important tip. When you take it out of the washer, don't put it in the dryer. (laughs) Don't put it in the dryer. Don't put it. Don't put it. Don't even put it in the dryer on the no heat setting. Okay. And here's why even the no heat setting isn't going to, obviously it's not going to cause it to shrink, but it is going to, it is going to agitate. It's going to make the sweater look ugly. It's going to come out all frayed and pilly looking and ugly. And that's no good. So take the sweater, back home if you're in a laundromat or take it up to your home if you're in the laundry room downstairs or take it out of your laundry room or wherever and lay it flat just the way that does suggested and reblock it um in in the way that you want even if it hasn't shrunk reblocking is just going to reshape a sweater after it's been washed so go ahead and do that and that is going to make your sweater very happy we have two minutes So in the one minute I have before I have to outro us, yes. I want to talk about one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. I want to talk about sweater shavers. 
I love a sweater shaver. I'm so excited. Actually, my you guys, my sweater shaver died. Ooh. I have to order a new one on Amazon when I get home today. I was gonna I was gonna defuzz a sweater before I saw you. It's a little. It's, 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 it's not, not bad. bad. It's, it's not, not bad. bad. Uh, it's one of those J Crew cashmere. Oh yeah, yes, cashmere-ish dealies. Uh, anyway, it's getting a little worse for the wear. But anyway. I love a sweater shaver for, for removing lint. Uh, I think that they're the best I've tried. I think now I have tried everything. I've tried the <laughs> sweater stone. I've tried the, the defuzzit kind of razor shaver things. Yes. Um, I find that nothing works as well as the sweater shaver, which is a battery operated. Okay. Uh, it sort of looks like a man's electric shaver, <laughs> but it's for sweaters. Um, and one of the reasons I like it is one, I think it depills better than those other products. And two, those other products, especially the sweater stone, make a huge mess. Mm. Huge mess. So like lint will be everywhere, pills will be everywhere, bad, bad, bad. The sweater shaver has a compartment that it it sucks in the, the pills as they're being oh. removed from the sweater and then you just empty the compartment into the trash. So very good. Uh, a company called Knit Picks makes one. If people want one, they cost three ninety nine. This is a great investment. Yeah. Great uh, so anyway, on that note, it is time for us to wrap up. I could keep you here all day talking about sweater care, though, Des. I want to say a huge thank you to my guest today, Unshrinkets Desiree Stoller, for coming all the way from Boston for this. This is great. She's in town for a knitting convention, which I think is great. And I'm going to try to pop by and see her at that. Maybe I'll learn about a whole new line of uh, <laughs> wool detergents that I, I didn't have in my life and need in my life. Uh, I would also like to say a huge thank you to my engineer, Liz Smith, and to our sponsor, the Wisconsin Milk Marketing Board. Today's music was provided, as always, by Rectech. And if you like what you heard today, please consider subscribing on Acast or iTunes, leaving a rating and telling your pals about this weird little cleaning show that you love so much. Please also consider buying a bottle of Unshrink It. Des, can you tell us quickly where people can find it for sale? Yes, our website. And as of February, Bed Bath & Beyond. Okay. And what's your website? Unshrinkit.com. Okay. Can it be purchased on Amazon? It can. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. So go buy some Unshrinkit. Uh, and I would also, of course, like to say a huge thank you to you, my listeners, for tuning in again for another Ask a Clean Person, the podcast. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions anytime at info at heritage radio network.org heritage radio network is a 501c3 non-profit to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 